are working on becoming more talented, healthy, reputable, innovative, vision-minded, engaged, or service-oriented, you are in the right place. Those words spell out Thrives, and this is the Thrives Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Jenkins, the Assistant Vice Chancellor for Leadership and Institutional Development at the University System of Georgia. In each episode, I will talk to a guest about how they are thriving in the USG. In addition to chatting with those in leadership positions around the system, this podcast will spotlight various working groups and departments to give you a broader view of the system. We will dive into what effective leadership looks like and sounds like and explore how each piece of the puzzle you hear fits into our USG. We are all the USG, and our goal is that you continue to learn, develop, and grow through these episodes. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Thrives Podcast. Today, I'm talking with the Assistant Vice Chancellor of Safety and Security and Chief of Police, Mike Coverson. Mike has been with the University System of Georgia since 2018, and he previously worked at the University of West Georgia. He also worked for the Georgia State Patrol, where he was assigned to patrol, uh, federal drug task force, and executive protection. His bio says that his degree is from Fort Valley State, and it also makes mention of him being a track and field team member, which I hope we can hear a little bit more about. So hello, Chief Coverson. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Well, hello, Wendy, and thanks for having me today. I have really been looking forward to our conversation. Um, If you're at the system office, you can always find, or if he's not out on a campus, you can find Mike. And from what I hear, he has a a, a good coffee source. Uh, He's a coffee connoisseur from what I understand. Again, we may get into that a little bit later. But but Chief Kyberson, can you tell the listeners a little bit about the work you do that maybe isn't captured in your bio or in your introduction? Sure, we can give that a shot, Wendy. Our office at the university system is the law enforcement arm for the Board of Regents, and we support all 26 institutions and their and their law enforcement agencies along with their emergency operation unit. Basically, uh, Wendy, to put it simply, we we put out fires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we so- we sometimes coordinate with other agencies, other partner agencies, whether they be state or federal. Uh, and to give you an example, uh, when the pandemic happened, GEMA reached out and they wanted a little assistance with doing an inventory of the PPEs and the ventilators that all 26 institutions had. And so we were, we helped collect those and get them out to the hospitals and the emergency rooms until they were able to to um, get get their equipment in. Another, you may have heard about the different bomb threats to different institutions around the country. Yes. uh, Previous two or three months ago. Um, So my office would coordinate it, would coordinate with the FBI, the GBI, and some of our institutions who spe- who have specialized units, whether it be in technology or some may have uh, bomb sniffing dogs, and we'll coordinate um, those different agencies to to create the best tactical outcome for a situation. 
We also provide uh, support to the board meetings um, to make sure that the general public and the members are safe because the meetings are open to the public and sometimes they're subject to protesters. And so we're there to make sure uh, the protest remains peaceful. Mm -hmm. Additionally, we'll add guidance or we'll give guidance to public safety matters that different chiefs may have at institutions. And we also, once the institution have identified a candidate for a police chief, uh, we'll conduct a background investigation. I'm uh, not sure what was all in the bio, but I hope that helps. Mm -hmm. It really does. So what a wide range. I mean, you started with health, you know, a health example from COVID and then to go to bomb threats, to hiring, to board safety. I mean, you have a lot of different areas to cover. And I, I think the one that I don't know that I have thought about much is that that health safety piece, not just from a police standpoint, but truly coordinating with GEMA and all of those more health oriented or emergency oriented entities. Uh, Absolutely. The, there's an emerge, emergency ops piece of it. And yeah. I'll, give, I'll give you an example to that also. Let's say if there's an, if a hurricane hit the coast of Georgia, we got a few institutions, Savannah State, College of Coastal Georgia, and we have to evacuate. Um, we'll gather resources from institutions that may uh, not be affected and get them down to the coast. So it's a, it's a coordinating piece um, that we serve. So yeah. the, the, job the job description is somewhat broad. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I can just imagine that I don't, I'm not sure your phone stops ringing or pinging from various, you know, all the information you take in, but people who, you know, you support around the, around the state, around the system. So do you uh, sometimes want to throw your phone out the window? <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten used to it because, okay. of, because of my previous job. Also, mm, I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I had to keep the phone on all the okay. time. So, yeah. so it's, yeah. it's with me 24-7. Of course. So I've, I'm somewhat used to it. With gotcha. Gotcha. Well, in all of that, and then specifically in your USG experience, so one thing you learned was to keep your phone close, but what else has it taught you about leadership? First, um, it just reinforced what I already know, which is to hire the right people and to let them do the job. Mm -hmm. It's also important, I think, to listen to different ideas and different perspectives from others um, to make the best decision you can about any given situation. Mm -hmm. I think being collaborative is extremely important, mm -hmm. not making decisions in a vacuum. And uh, I also think a good leader should be humble and must, fault, must foster a environment of trust. And if I would, I've been fortunate, Wendy, to be able to work and watch some of what I would consider uh, the best leaders, not only in Georgia and the world, do their job up close. I was assigned to the protective detail of Justice Leah Sears for the Supreme Court of Georgia. 
And I, I watched her and one of the things she did really well, um, she would identify some of the best people in their areas and she would convince them to come work for her and she would empower them to go do what you do best. Um, so I got that from her and wow. Justice, Justice Hunstein, who some, sometimes the listeners would just have to read her story. Her story was phenomenal. She mm-hmm. Amputee had overcome so many things in life to reach what, I mean, she led the judicial branch of of, mm. of Georgia. And mm-hmm. I, I watched her and once you gain her trust, she built, she built, she built this, uh, this confidence of trust in her employees. And once you got her trust, she empowered you to, to do the job. And uh, I find that if you show your employees that you can trust them or you or they have your trust they don't want to do anything to jeopardize that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i and that's what i did and i also had the opportunity to serve in a leadership role on governor Steele's protective team and no matter what was going on he always dealt with it dealt with 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 patience and grace mm. And uh, I find if you treat any situation or you treat people, if you're patient with them and you you treat them with grace, they'll they'll want to work for you. They'll want to do the absolute best. And when I came over to to USG, I had the opportunity to work for and observe uh, Teresa up close. Mm-hmm. And she had this ability to get the right people in the room to try to find out all the information to drive the best possible outcome. Mm-hmm, now her, mm-hmm. I guess you wouldn't call it a Rolodex anymore, maybe a contact <laughs> list. Uh-huh, she, uh-huh. she has this extensive contact list and she can call and get the right people in the room. Now I'm sure I don't do anything as well as any of those leaders have done, but if I could come close, I feel like it'll be pretty good. Well, Mike, I mean, it sounds like you've got quite the contact list yourself. And I think that's, you know, really important in your role. One of the first things you said was being collaborative. And how I think that was maybe a thread throughout all of those leaders you just mentioned. And I can imagine that in your role, you know, of course, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because, you know, I, I've never done that role before, but in your role as protective detail, there was a lot of observing going on, just observing the environment. Is that right? Oh, correct. Yeah. That's mostly, um, I find myself now, I don't think I'll ever give that up. Mm-hmm. Even though I've tried, you notice everything. Mm-hmm. In, anything that's out of place or mm-hmm. that doesn't fit, it sticks out like a sofa. Mm-hmm. That's your training kicking in, right? Like that's what you were trained to do. That's that's what you were yeah. trained to do, no doubt about it. Yeah. So I can see where you were in a ideal position to observe these leaders, to see how collaborative they were, to see how they empowered others, how they really tried to make make sure that people were in the right position and using those strengths. But I think what makes that stand, what all of that stand out to me, Mike, is that then you applied it to your own leadership. You know, some people would just observe and say, that's, that's nice. But then you took it and actually applied it to empower the teams that you work with now. Oh, absolutely. I'm a firm believer that you shouldn't go through life and not pick up 
anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah, can always you, learn. Mm -hmm. You pick up, yeah, if you learn, you pick it up and it would be wise to apply it in, yeah. in different situations. It's certainly yeah. good. Well, good. Yeah, because on that note, we've law enforcement, safety enforcement, all of these areas that you that roll up under this really broad job description have faced some really big challenges in the past couple of years. But what do you, in all of your observing, what do you think are the biggest challenges that leaders face today? Um, like everyone else, not specific to law enforcement and Wendy, mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. hiring and retention is the biggest mm -hmm. challenge. Mm -hmm. I think because of some negative publicity and actions of some bad actors uh, a few years ago, law enforcement and the, jo and the job itself may not be as desirable as it once was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, I've done this job for about 30 years and it's been a rewarding career for me. Mm -hmm. What what we have to do is we have to continue to work toward recruiting and hiring the best people. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah, and making sure you're finding finding those who want to grow and develop and be collaborative like yourself. No doubt. Find yeah. find people who truly want to do the job for the right reason. Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, that that that, that was beyond just your I, I hear that at all of our institutions beyond just public safety, that just um, to borrow a phrase that is very popular in leadership development. But, you know, and in, in talking about team development, but making sure the people are sitting in the right seat on the bus. I like that. They, that. Yeah, that they're. There, I, I dare. I think it's a Jim Collins. I'll have to fact check that and make sure I'm right. I think he came up with that in his Good to Great book. Um, but making sure that you are hiring people to fill in the gaps um, and that people who are passionate and want to be there. Absolutely. So I think in your area, it's it, this. What I'm pondering is how do you connect? So we have this mission of a more educated Georgia. How do you connect that back to that mission in, in your area of public safety and working with all of 26 institutions plus the system office? How do you find ways to connect back to that mission? Um, I think we tie it back to the mission by providing a safe environment for students, faculty and staff to mm -hmm. learn, work. And I think you can appreciate this last one, Wendy, and thrive. Yeah, it's, it's that I love it. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. To make sure that every environment is set up for them to thrive. No doubt. And yeah. you have, it has to be a safe environment mm -hmm. for, for mm -hmm. them to thrive. And that's all that's all role. Yeah. And that is a very behind the scenes role. It is. Mm -hmm. I think too, and this goes back to my days uh, on the protective detail. Mm -hmm. the, and that's why you'll never see me and most guys. We don't have any social media. Everything should be done behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. we, avo we avoided the camera at all costs. If mm -hmm. you never saw me, then I was successful. That's so interesting. I am, you know, I still teach a class um, at Columbus State, um, the Intro to Servant Leadership class. And one of the quotes we often talk about in class is that, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's the fact that the 
the best leaders, you never know who they were or knew, knew their name, saw their name on anything, but they were the ones leading in the background. Like you just said, the ones who, if if you didn't see them that minute, it was a good day. It was a very good day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I think, again, drawing from my teaching experience, you know, teaching right after the pandemic was really interesting but so many teams had to come together and and I don't know again again I think I'm I'm having a realization that so much fell under the office of safety and security just to make that one classroom that I was teaching in a safe place from a health standpoint but then also you know from that that safety standpoint oh absolutely yeah um, several of the institutions I'm not sure if you're familiar but um, set up actually some of the first testing sites. Oh, wow. Um, no, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the police yeah. never, never went home. We were there. No. The time. Yes. Yes. I think that's something we, we take for granted those who aren't in that field, because again, your phone can ring 24 seven and you have to be on, but also, you know, all of the, the institution police forces out there, which brings me to a question that I'm fascinated by. And I'll have I'll tell you, so many, many, many years ago, probably going on 10 years ago now, I did a program where I was required to do a ride along. And I did a ride along with a sheriff in here in and where I where I live in Muskogee County. And Mike, my husband thought I was gonna sign up the next day. I came home <laughs> so pumped, my adrenaline was going. You know, I mean, and, and I did like a night ride along. So it was like two o'clock in the morning and I came home just, just energized by everything I had just, you know, done and seen. And so I guess that's part of me that's really curious. Like, what is the day in the life of a public safety officer like? I know it's probably not all that adrenaline, you know, adrenaline field, but can you give me a sense of what that looks like? Well, Wendy, it varies by the day, and it can mm. also depends on it. It can also depend on the type of institution that you work at. Work okay. at, for mm -hmm. example, a Georgia Tech officer could find themselves supporting a local law enforcement by dealing with an active shooter in Midtown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Officers, officers across the board, they'll find themselves dealing with anything from a mental health crisis bomb threats or other threats, fraudulent checks, all the way to very recently helping students move in. Oh, Orange, wow. Or yeah. Insuring, yeah, or ensuring buildings are open. I personally believe that every officer start their day with the thought of how can I be of service? Mm -hmm. Because that's the attitude that we have to have. Mm -hmm. But that could consist of a lot of different things as you saw mm -hmm. in your ride along. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You, you have to start with, hey, how can I be of service today? Mm -hmm. That just resonates so much with me because, you know, you, you probably have many, many public safety officers out there who would not necessarily call themselves leaders. You know, they may have, they may be entry level or they, they just may not see themselves as a leader. But, you know, in, in my study of servant leadership, you have to serve first. You know, is that is that desire, is that waking up in the morning to say, who can I serve today? And through that, you actually are leading people on the campus and the students. And 
you know, the administration. I mean, every, everything by waking up with that thought, you automatically put yourself in a leadership position. Oh, no doubt. The students don't see who's the chief or who's the sergeant. Mm. They see each officer as an equal and mm -hmm. they and they look to you for leadership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, that's, you know, the the go to 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 step up, to to have that courage to lead, to to be that uh, presence, you know, and, and and again, I think so much of that goes back to that training. Um, so because every day looks different, how do you stay flexible for what your day brings? How do you, you know, stay sort of nimble enough for whatever your next phone call is going to be? That is a very good question. <laughs> I, I could give you my best shot at answering. Okay. That. Okay. So I've created a short morning routine to ensure mm -hmm. my day starts off positive. And that, okay. depending on the time I have, that can mm -hmm. consist of a morning walk mm -hmm. or, a sh or a yoga session or a short, or a short, short workout session. Okay. Okay. Along with a quality cup of coffee. And I was just about to say, if this morning routine does not include coffee, <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed. So I don't want to disappoint you. And my friends give me a hard time about the way I make my coffee. <laughs> During COVID, I had a little bit more time in the mm -hmm. morning. Mm -hmm. And so I researched on how to make a proper cup of coffee. <gasps> okay. And so the way I, I grind my beans now and it's... I. Do what you call a pour over. Yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so it takes a little bit more time, but uh -huh. I'm a firm believer that you're worth that extra time, Wendy. Oh, that's so good. I love it. And so it gives me a little bit of time along with my coffee to reflect mm -hmm. on what that day may bring mm -hmm. and how can I be best ready for what, mm -hmm. what that day will bring. Mm -hmm. And as we stated earlier, to stay flexible, of course, I have my cell phone closed mm -hmm. 24-7. Mm -hmm. um, so I could be in constant contact with the chiefs and the mm -hmm. cabinet for whatever mm -hmm. situation arises. Yeah. Um, so we can help coordinate whatever response necessary. But it's important um, to know that there's no way I could do this alone. Mm -hmm. I'm extremely fortunate to have great supervisors and an mm -hmm. excellent staff that assist me daily. Awesome. Well, I um, I'm going to need that coffee recipe, or I'm going to need to try it, I, one or the other. If you want, like, when next time you know you've got some, I'd love to try it. I've heard of a pour over, but I'm a little intimidated. But you're so right. So, so coffee's your fuel, but also the fuel is your team and your support system. And I think as from a leader standpoint, that you can't underestimate that. You've got to give that its proper, proper attention that, you know, this is a team effort. Oh, there's no way we could do mm -hmm. this. No mm -hmm. way. I, mm -hmm. My team, I think. They're really the reason that I have any success. Mm, yeah. Well, Mike, as we start to wrap up, just two two last questions. I have enjoyed so much. I've got I've, I'm taking like pages of notes here on this little. I, I don't know why I pulled out a very small notepad. I should have pulled out a very large legal size notepad to get all these written down. But just two last questions. So, 
what is the message you would want to get out to the listeners? What's something you'd want them to remember from you? The simple message, Wendy, is our department is here for you. Mm. That includes students, faculty mm-hmm. and staff, and really anyone that comes to our campuses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Making the environment safe as possible is our daily priority. Mm-hmm. Well, as somebody who travels out to those institutions on a weekly basis, thank you so much for making that your priority. Um, I always feel safe when I go to a, a campus. Um, you know, I, I there's rarely a campus I go to where I don't encounter some public safety, you know, figure doing part of their job in a in a proactive way to make sure that everything feels safe and is safe. So thank you for that. Um, Thank you. And I'll pass that on to to the guys. Please do. Well, because this show is called Thrives, I I need to know what is something that's helping you thrive right now? That's a good question, Wendy. (laughs) Um, Finding time, I think, uh, to nourish the different aspects of your life, to Mm. keep you holding happy whatever mm-hmm. that might be. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, that may consist of an evening drive after a long day, trying to find a perfect playlist, whether that be jazz, whether okay. that be R&B, whether that's some great vocalist, just trying to find that balance to, to complete the day. Yeah. That, that can consist of uh, uh, Jenny's ice cream after a tough <laughs> workout session. <laughs> it's all about balance. Absolutely. All about balance. Absolutely. Mm. Or hanging out with family and close friends. You okay. can't forget about them. Yeah. Yeah. And probably most important, an occasional exceptional bottle of French burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if that was going to come into play. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I've, I've heard a uh, coffee connoisseur, but also maybe a bit of a wine connoisseur. Oh, when somebody's talking around. The office. Okay. All right. Well, I won't, <laughs> I won't, I won't name any names, but, um, but if, if yeah. I can put maybe a couple of those things together, uh-huh. it, it brings everything, or, uh, it awesome. brings it full circle and, yeah. and it enables me to to get up the next day and get it done. That's awesome. Uh, and we, we don't even have time to talk about the track and field uh, run that you made. I mean, I, I'm, I'm certainly very interested in that, but we'll have to keep the listeners sort of uh, in suspense. Maybe they can find you and ask you about your time at Fort Valley. Um, Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, we will, uh, to be determined that listeners, you can, that'll be your, your challenge next time you see Chief Coverson on your campus or in the system office. But Mike, thank you so much. This has been so good. So many bits of wisdom and things to ponder and even some things that might help others thrive. You know, taking a, taking a drive, getting a yoga session in, Um, learning how to do a pour over coffee, which I think is going to be my list. But thank you again. And listeners, thank you so much. Watch for another episode of the Thrives podcast soon, and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thrives podcast. We hope you have learned something new and had a little fun at the same time. If you have suggestions for a person to interview or a topic you want to hear more about, please email us at usothrives at usg.com. Episodes will be available whenever you are ready to listen. And until next time, keep thriving.